This is Space Waffles, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome to a very special episode of Space Waffles. I'm Arzu, and with me is Candace. Hey. We are here today talking Tales of the Jedi, and I'm going to let Candace take it away because Candace has been looking forward to this show for so long. So take it away, Candace. Yeah, just full disclosure, Ahsoka is pretty much one of my favorite fictional characters of all time, period. Not just Star Wars. I love that girl. So yeah, I know some people were like, ugh, we're getting more Ahsoka. And I'm like, yeah, we're getting more Ahsoka. That's me. I'm problem. I'm the one who's asking for this. <laughs> Who is this for? The answer, it's for Candace. Yes, exactly. And of course, I was really excited to have Ashley back as Ahsoka. That's the most exciting back because she is Ahsoka. She is sunshine in human form. Yeah. Ours, you got to talk to her and confirmed. Yes. Human sunshine. Ashley Eckstein. Yeah. Great. I thought we could maybe just split it up between Dooku and Ahsoka. That was for me. Go that route. The first episode is life and death. And we get to see Ahsoka being born. (laughs) Yep. Which is, I will say, her mother bounced back remarkably quickly when the entire village comes into their house to see the newborn and she looks fine. I'm like, I feel like if I just had a baby, I'd want some space. Also, yeah, her husband goes down running the village and is just like, she's here. And I'd be like, your wife just gave birth. (laughs) Why are you leaving her side? Maybe it's a tradition, but also at the same time, like, I get the tradition. Go announce that she just had a baby. She's here. Hooray. But like, I said a human came out of her. Like, child just came out of her. Give her a minute to recoup. Maybe like, Trigujo's like birth is easier. Who knows? We don't know. I feel like it would be harder with the like... (laughs) Montrals, I feel like it would be more traumatic, not less. But baby Ahsoka is flipping adorable, of course. Very cute. And interesting fact is that her mom is played by Janina Gavankar. She is Aiden Verso in Battlefront 2. I just thought it was interesting. Also thought it very interesting that both Ahsoka's parents are played by Indian actors. So are you claiming Ahsoka is one of your own now? I'm claiming partially because Pepti sounds like an Indian name. Sounds like Pravarti. It sounds like a few other Indian names. And then the elder is Kantika, which is literally a Hindu name. (laughs) And they have Indian accents too. Yes. So it was very much, this was a choice. I wonder what prompted the choice. Is it that Ahsoka is so close to a, you posted it in your thread. Mm -hmm. Is it Ashoka? Ashoka? Yeah. It's Ashoka, and he was a leader in, like, the hundreds. It's a long time ago. Yeah, but he's famous. He's well-known. If you try to type Ahsoka in, if you haven't taught your phone yet, it will go to his name instead. That's why Ahsoka's name misspells all the time. It's because of him. So I wonder if that's what prompted them to really lean into that aspect of things. Also, Shakti. Oh, that's true. The other Turguta that we know of... I think that has names other than the ones that we see and the Zygera, Zygeria arc in Clone Wars. Shakti is literally like Shakti energy. Right. So it it makes sense. And I don't know. I just like, you know how you watch something and you just like find personal things in it. I just like like her markings. I always thought of henna. Like her skin's orange though. Orange like henna. But the markings are white, obviously. So flips it around a little bit. Yeah. 
Oh, sorry. Okay. There's a Togruta queen in the High Republic, and I was looking to see what her name is, but I don't think Alaric Yovet is mm. Hindu coded. No, I don't think so. I think it no. might be matters like where they are because she's from their home world. Oh, she's from Shilly? She's like the, she's from Shilly. She's the Regasa, which is like the queen. Oh, okay. But so it might just be different difference in choices. But I was just curious to see if this was a consistent thing or an animation thing. Yeah. But I guess it's an animation thing. Yeah, because the ones in Clone Wars were on a colony called Kiros. Okay. Including Ahsoka's family? No, the ones in Clone Wars. Oh, okay. That get captured and sold into slavery. Right. So this episode is where we find out, well, we knew, but it's where Mm -hmm. the characters find out that Ahsoka is a Jedi, that she's force sensitive. Yeah, because she does like a how to train your dragon. (laughs) <laughs> and she's about to get eaten by this like giant cat alien thing and she just puts her hand out and makes the, a friend the cat alien thing it's clearly his first day because Pavti drops the baby yeah. and he's like I'm gonna chase this lady and not just eat the lump that's sitting there not running I'm like are you new I understand Ahsoka needs to live for plot reasons but I'm like I feel like if I was a giant jungle cat I'd go for the one that's not running from me I was really scared they were going to kill off her mom for half a second. I was like, damn, I know it's called life and death, but I don't need that. I don't need baby Ahsoka being traumatized. She can be traumatized later. Yeah, exactly. She's been through (laughs) enough. We don't need the one-year-old being like, okay, this is great. But it actually is a tragedy because you can see like how much her parents wanted her, how much they loved her. Like, I can't imagine giving up a child. Just in a few years, Master Plokun is going to come in and be like, I'm going to take the baby. Yeah. Also, it was really sweet. Her dad calls her little Soka. Like Plo Koon does. I wonder yeah. if that's how he used her to Plo Koon. Yeah, maybe. He's my little Soka. Yeah. I mean, Candace sad. I know. I love them so much. <laughs> that was one of my favorites, I think, because it gave us new information. Yeah. And it was just like, again, getting to see more of the different worlds. Like we've heard a lot about Shelly, but we haven't seen it on screen, I believe. Yeah. The next one is Practice Makes Perfect. And it takes place during the Clone Wars. And Anakin is just putting all the spheres and toxic love on this child. So the loose premise of the episode is that Ahsoka passes some sort of training exercise and Anakin's like, that wasn't hard enough. And she's like, okay, give me something harder. And then he and the 501st give her a much tougher training exercise. And then uh, it turns out that this training exercise then comes in handy at Order 66 when she and Rex are trying to escape the 332nd above Mandalore. I was expecting, because in the trailer we see Padme's funeral happen, so I'm like, okay, that's the third one, and we've had Baby Ahsoka as the first, so I was expecting this to be like the happy little interlude. I don't know why I thought that. There's nothing happy about it. There's nothing happy here. (laughs) No one Anakin's involved. And then it just goes from training exercise to Siege of Mandalore. Yeah, and I've heard a lot of people complain like that's not enough substance or content, but they're shorts. And the animation is so beautiful. Yes, the animation is, I think, as beautiful as it's ever been. It's so seamless, like the action scenes, like we see her training. And it's heartbreaking, especially you see the first clone to knock her out is Jesse. Jesse's one of the original clones that is left during the Siege of Mandalore. And he's the one who takes over after he's like rex is compromised so it, it hurts likes it. to hurt 
Yeah, so the fact that Jesse's like, sorry, Commander. I'm like, oh, no. He's not going to be saying sorry next year. No. And just how relentless Anakin is. You can just imagine if one of the twins, he had one of the twins when he was Vader, like what he would do to them because he's so terrified about losing someone he loves. I feel like Anakin in his Anakin mind space, if Ahsoka had said, I don't want to do anything different, I think this is enough, he would have left it. I don't think he would have thrown her in there anyway. I don't think he would have thrown her, but I think he would have pushed her. He would have pushed her in a different way, but he wouldn't have put her under that training exercise. But then again, I also think that the reason everybody at the temple thought they would be well-suited as Master and Apprentice is because they both have that same drive. I think that Ahsoka was chosen as a lesson for Anakin. A lesson in responsibility, but if he had been given an Obi-Wan-esque Padawan, they would have killed each other. Yeah, but I think she's also supposed to, like calm him down too she's supposed to calm him down in that he has to be responsible for somebody else he's somebody else's teacher i don't think anybody at the temple is foolish enough to assume ahsoka is a calm person something that like i've because again rewatching clone wars and plo coon's like you have picked up (laughs) a lot of your master's traits he says so Mm -hmm. it's more like ahsoka is like Anakin, she's feeding off of Anakin. So I don't think Ahsoka was always as like... I do. She gets the nickname Snips for a reason. Yeah, she's, got his, she's got his attitude or she has an attitude that's very compatible with his. And she's reckless enough, like in the Clone Wars movie, when they first meet, she is reckless enough to get into trouble over and over again. A few episodes later, she's responsible for getting all those clones killed. Like she and Anakin are both extremely reckless. But the purpose yeah. of her for Anakin was like, if you have to be responsible for somebody that is more chaotic than you, you will rein it in a little bit. So that was the thinking did not anyway. Work. Didn't work, but I think that was the whole. Poor Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan just needs a nap. That's the real reason he went to Tatooine. He's like, I know both of them are alive. I'm just going to Tatooine to take a nap. He got like an extra Padawan, really. His grand Padawan, as the fandom calls it. Like, Yeah. But I... I was yeah, I sent Arzu like a screen cap of both like Obi-Wan and Anakin watching the test. And Obi-Wan's like looking at her like logically and being like, yeah, she's doing a good job. While Anakin is bored and he's like tired and he's done. And it's yep. just like watching the movie again, I realized, okay, so just a few hours, he's like, no, I don't want a Padawan. Why, why have you given me this child? And then once their first mission is over. Yoda's like, okay, we made a mistake. We'll send her back. And Anakin's like, no, she's mine now. And he's like protecting her and he's just like obsessed because that's who he is. And it just like this whole like short reminds me of like how, yes, Anakin loves so much, but not in a healthy way at all. No, not at all. He loves too hard. Yeah. I blame the Jedi. Yeah, yeah, that's a, which we're going to, you know what? We're going to talk about someone else who blames the Jedi. Let's just soon. blame the Jedi. And blame, especially the council. Yes. Okay, so the sixth one is Resolve, which we get to see Padme's funeral from a different point of view. Um, Ahsoka's and Bale's. And Mom Mothma's, of course, is there. But you know what? Her husband's not there. Perrin's not there. Perrin is useless. Yeah. I feel like she left Perrin by that point. No, wait. I'm getting the timeline mixed up. Yeah, she just left him at home. She didn't leave. She him left him either. at home. He's like, "This is not fun. I'm gonna go party about the empire." I hate parents. Yeah. 
so yeah, Bail and Ahsoka have a conversation and he's like, here's a communicator. Call me. <laughs> Beat me if you want to reach me. Kim Possible. Bail. Yeah. You did it. Hey. And also, can I just say, so? Ha- I was so happy like when she went back to her ship on Naboo, like Rex was still there. Yes. Not for long. No, we don't know how long. Maybe he was still on the planet. Maybe they're still in communication. They just not for long. They don't have many people left. By the time she gets to the other planet, Rex isn't with her anymore. What if he's just like he's not there anymore? I know they went their separate ways because it's safer. Yeah, and he, he wanted to, go- to just he wanted to be at the funeral too. Yeah. That's why. Okay, so. Ahsoka's on a farm. She uses a force. People see it. Someone calls an Inquisitor. We don't know who the Inquisitor is. I thought because the Inquisitor realized who she was, it was going to be someone we knew. No, it's not. I feel like if Anakin was in the holonet as much as he was during the war, like Ahsoka probably was too. Yeah, that's very true. Inquisitor knew her. And yeah, since they didn't have like a body or like any of the clones survive after Order 6. Order 66, I guess there was no, like, official confirmation. So maybe there was, like, a list of being, like, maybe Everybody keep your eye out. Died. Yeah. I don't even think there was, like, a keep an eye out for Ahsoka Tano. I think they just said there's a Jedi here. And then the Inquisitor saw him went, oh, it's Ahsoka Tano. Yeah. And, yeah, she, after the Jedi bombing, she was probably, like, in the news a lot. Yeah. So she's recognizable. Yeah. And, yeah, there's been a lot of issues that this recons the Ahsoka novel. Which, according to an interview in Nerdist from Dave, he says, it's all the same outline. Which, like, is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Because he's a storyteller. He should know that an outline and the finished product are not the same thing. Any outline I've ever written bears only about a 50% resemblance to the finished product, which is what this is. Like, if it was in the outline stage only... And more detailed, and it got scaled down to this for a short, sure. But it's a finished product. It's that he helps develop the book. She is open about how much she helps develop this book and how it was his story that the book is based on. So I'm like, the big issue here isn't like continuity in terms of like, I don't know, a name or I'm trying to think of other stupid continuity things. I can't, I'm drawing a blank. But the continuity issue here is that in the book, the siblings on the farm that Ahsoka is on are black and her friend among the siblings, like the one she's closer to, is a queer black woman who was severely whitewashed, which is a conversation we've been having about animation in general. Like Caleb's a lot. Taylor oh yeah he has good. a cameo in here which yeah that re- retcons the canon comics because caleb doesn't become a powder one until the jedi temple bombing that's when depa takes him out on as a powder one yeah so like so it doesn't make sense for at the beginning of Ahsoka's maybe she was dream. testing him out no because he already has a powder one brain maybe they have all got a powder one brain my thing is like little things like that I know it's yeah. not little. I know it's important to you, but like things like that can be, you can twist it to fit. Yeah, I don't mind it as much as like the bad batch issue yeah. with Depa, but like, yeah, this is just deleting a whole character is completely yeah, different. Yeah, like deleting a queer character of color. For granted, you did tell me that the voice actor for this character 
is a black woman. Both of the siblings are. Both of them. Which I'm like. But they are also like colorism is a thing. Yes. And the animation gave into that. Yeah. Which I don't understand. Like, I feel like there must have been some thought process with that when casting that didn't like get a call from animation. (laughs) Like, And it's however they wrote around how Ahsoka and I think the girl's name is Kaden, but I don't remember. It is. How like however Ahsoka and Kaden might feel about each other isn't extremely explicit in the text. Just that's like Kaden, a whole other conversation I'm not having here. I'm but. just saying that the what's in the Ahsoka novels, Kaden just has a crush on Ahsoka. Ahsoka is like at this point just fighting for her life, so I don't think she's yeah. at this point Kaden's anything romantic because <laughs> she's which just, is fine. Like, she's which a trauma child. <laughs> but also, this is 15 minutes long. Nobody's expecting you to get into that. But yeah. And I also have issues with the way the representation was written in general in the book purely because it was like an accidental oopsie daisy. I guess she's queer. A lot of people attached importance to that, saw themselves in it. It's one of the few queer characters of color that we have. So her loss, whether or not her inclusion was intentional, her loss is not insignificant. Yeah. There might not have been much to her in the book, but her existence was important. Exactly. Especially if you're underrepresented in any way, Arzu and I can both attest to this, is that you cling to any representation you get. And it doesn't matter if it's like a five minute cameo or a book character or a Dr. Pershing, right? Yeah. (laughs) Like like we, we cling to these characters because we aren't used to it and we're not used to being seen. Yeah, like it matters. And it feels like when you delete that, you're trying to delete part of these people and that's not fair. Like intentionally or unintentionally. But I also feel like if you're adapting something that is already existing in another format, this is why I hate the idea of book adaptations in Star Wars. Because shit like this happens. This is why I'm just like, if it's in a book, like you can refer to it. Or take a scene from it. Like, take a scene from the book if you really like the book. But, like, I don't... When people are like, Lost Stars movie, I'm like, no. Because Lost Stars is, works really well as a book. So, I think... This is conspiracy time. I think the Ahsoka book was written because they didn't think they would ever get to do the Siege of Mandalore on screen. And, like, Ahsoka's life after that on screen. So, they got a book instead. Now, that being done, I'm like, there is so much more to this character's life that could have been done. It could have been after that incident because she joins Bale. She becomes Fulcrum. Like, there are so many adventures to have that it's just a strange choice to adapt something that's already been told. Yeah, because we have, like, 15 years before we see Ahsoka and Rebels. Yeah, like, if you're that opposed to bringing a queer character of color into your cartoon... Then just tell a story from like two weeks later. The way I'm seeing like Tales of the Jedi is like more like a very Cliff Notes version of maybe like a secondhand story being told. Yeah, in terms of like, do you, you know those myth books and the yeah, lore, sure, like that things. That's in how I'm of- taking it. But when Disney bought Star Wars, they're like, this is canon. This is not canon, and that's it. Like. They're so specific with things that it's not the same in different and other IPs. It's not even timeline continuity that I think has people upset. I think it's the it's Cadence Erasure. Because yeah. when we talk about the Dooku episodes, like that's a bit of timeline wonk. But like if you read it as a myth, a version of events, 
then yeah, it works fine. But I think it's just taking a character who meant a lot to un- underrepresented people out is what has people upset. But yeah, overall, I don't feel like we got anything new with Ahsoka. No. I don't feel like I know her any better. Because we did get to know a little bit more of her past as like a baby Ahsoka, but she doesn't remember any of that. She yeah. says like her first memories are like Master Plo like taking her to the temple. She doesn't remember her parents. It just makes it more sad. <laughs> I think these work very well as pieces of art in that they look beautiful, but it's like you said, we don't have we don't know her any better than we would have if these were like three really gorgeous prints. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And voice acting's amazing. The music is gorgeous. Yes, the, music the sound. Is great. Everything's great. It's I think it's just shows what Lucasfilm animation can do. And I'm very excited for season two of Bad Batch. Yeah. We'll see some more stuff. But yeah, I Okay, and this again, as Ahsoka being my favorite character ever. I might have preferred more episodes about Dooku. Yeah, I think I love Ahsoka. I think Ahsoka's great. I think I like the Dooku episodes better. Yeah. Which I know I like the Dooku episodes better. Same, yeah, same. We both are huge Ahsoka fans, but the Dooku episodes, which we'll talk about now, the first one is Justice. And I read Jedi Lost. It was many years ago. So yes. I'm not as familiar with the Dooku lore. I, would say. I, I remember it very well. I've read it a okay. few times. So Justice, we get a young Qui-Gon Jinn looking great as a Padawan. Voiced by Liam Neeson's son. Mm. Which is so cute. Like, little Qui-Gon is voiced by his son. That's great. I was wondering who the actor was. I was like, yeah, wait. I can't. I, Mikhail Richardson? Yeah. It's his son. So they are... They arrive on a planet and... They find out that some villagers have taken a senator's son in hostage. But of course, not everything is as it seems. They see that the villagers are starved and the senator is not helping them. He's not doing what caring about his people. Yeah. And even the son is like, this is wrong. Like, so I, like, I didn't blame- even realize. He's like, I don't blame them for kidnapping, <laughs> kidnapping me at all. Yeah. And Again, it's like, don't blame Dooku either for the way he reacted. No, not at all. I think Dooku's beats in this one and in the next episode, I can't remember the name, but it's where he and Mace Windu are looking into the death of a Jedi Knight. Choices. Choices. So his beat in both of these episodes are very similar, where he sees an injustice, an objective injustice, and he is just a little too angry about it and to the point where like you can understand why he's so angry and you can understand the inclination to behave that way but as a jedi master like you can't be whipping out your lightsaber and threatening people every time you're upset yeah so i thought it was interesting dooku tells qui-gon that you're a wiser man than me and that's what qui-gon tells obi-wan and phantom menace yeah and what obi-wan tells anakin in revenge of the sith this heartbreaking lineage the disaster lineage, as it's called, which I didn't realize that not everyone knew when I tweeted that from the Waffle account. I was like, no, this is what the fandom calls them. Yoda's freaking Jedi's. Yoda's disaster lineage. Yes. And it's out of affection because like two of them turn to the dark side. 
like Qui-Gon Jen like got yeah. killed by Sith and then like Ahsoka peaced out. But yeah, uh Justice was great. Oh. Oh yeah, I, I texted Arzu while I was watching this and I was like, is that Vanessa Marshall's voice? I didn't even recognize her as Vanessa I know Marshall. her voice so well. Like ugh, she has the most beautiful voice in the entire world. I could listen to that woman read a phone book <laughs> and be happy and say thank you. But I, yeah. Yeah. It's the third episode, the third Dooku episode that really got me. Yes. The Sith Lord. Because was it essential? No. But did it give me something I'd been curious about? Absolutely. And that was how does, what's his name? How does Dooku react to Qui-Gon's death? And like him standing by that tree and being like, I used to bring him here when he was a kid. I was like, I can't believe I'm feeling things about this right now. And yet. Yeah. And so this takes place during Phantom Menace, which I love these kind of stories that we don't see. Because as a kid, like I was like, Yaddle's in the council. Why didn't he? she go to Qui-Gon's funeral? I know it was probably like the puppet was hard to. You know, the budget. Have budget and things like <laughs> budget she, she couldn't get a ride but no this is interesting to see yaddle also speak canonically because i feel like we've only had her like not officially talk on screen and she's played by bryce dallas howard and she does a great job i didn't even recognize her voice you told me i had to be told <laughs> she does a really good job like i thought it was going to stand out but yeah can i say when they're fighting, Yaddle and Dooku, and the door closes, and you think it squishes Yaddle, and then she, like, lifts it, and then they have a fight. I, like, I was like, yo! I could not believe they dropped the door on her. I'm like, is that how she died? No, she that's what I texted you. The door? That's what I texted you, brutal. And then uh, she comes back, I'm like, oh, never mind. And then he, like, stabs her. And I'm like, nope. Like, <laughs> I'm still pretty brutal, but... You know, the, the stab, I understand. We've seen stabbings. We've seen beheadings. Like, death by lightsaber. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. But I thought, I'm like, all of this lightsaber duel and he just dropped the door on her? Like, I just was in shock. Yeah. Calvin Scott, who wrote Jedi Lost, had a really good Twitter thread about how Dooku being there during Phantom Menace works. And that's by him as it said in Padawan that he just, he stops by the temple occasionally, which makes sense. Like, especially since like the Jedi order, they probably don't have many people leaving. Yeah. It's very unheard of. So that's why I don't find it odd that Yaddle is talking to him. Like he's still a Jedi. Cause I don't think they know how to handle that. Also, she's known him since he was this. And I think too, like, when he leaves in, in Jedi lost, I know it's brutal the way he does it to like become the count of Sereno and stuff. But as far as the Jedi are concerned, he has like a really mature conversation with Yoda about like, I'm leaving. This is what I'm doing. And it might was probably sad for Yoda, but they're on good terms. Yeah. He tries to give Yoda his lightsaber back. And Yoda's like, no, this is Jedi's lightsaber. You keep it. So it seems like also they thought he was going to come back too. Yeah, it's his, right? Yeah. But I still feel like they were like, okay, he's still not like officially part of the Jedi, but like he's like affiliated with us. Yeah. And even in Attack of the Clones, when it's mentioned that he's part of the Separatist, Maze goes, That's not in his nature. 
because he's a former Jedi. So that's supposed to like just clear him of all wrongdoing or because yeah. they still consider him one of them. There's there's a line in Attack of the Clones where Kiadi Mundi is they're talking about Dooku and they're like, is Dooku sus? And they're like, he's a political idealist, not a murderer. So even at this point, after he straight up murdered Yaddle, not that any of them know that, they are still thinking it's like, yeah, he's just a little intense. Yeah. So I really liked the Dooku episodes. I also really like Dooku Jedi Lost. It actually made me care about Dooku. I didn't really care before. Beyond like, oh, that's Christopher Lee, but made me care. And they, like these episodes, I think, unlike the Ahsoka ones where it was hard to fit in with what else we know about Ahsoka, this one I think complements Dooku Jedi Lost very nicely. Yeah, definitely. And it's also good for people who haven't read any of the books to see a little bit more of yeah. Dooku. It's like a little taste that yeah. makes you want to then go read the book. Exactly. But yeah, I and I love like the parallels between Dooku and Anakin. Like Dooku being mad that Mace got a seat on the council very much Anakin being like I'm not a master but I have a seat on the council <laughs> it's a lot of ego you can see yeah. the ego there too which is interesting yeah which and, is like yeah certain things get passed down in that disaster <laughs> exactly and it just reminded me why I love like Mace and his lineage <laughs> is yeah okay he's a bit of a killjoy he's very strict but he He's keeping it going. If they were all chaotic, like Dooku and Anakin. Does Ahsoka ever train Ezra? Like a little bit, right? She gives him like the hologram of like her like master's training. Do they ever like work together? Because I'm just wondering if um, they did. There's that whole episode where the Inquisitors are stealing babies again. Well, the first time they are. And that's with... Ezra, Ahsoka, and Kanan. And also Zeb. <laughs> and Chopper's really good with babies, apparently, which is so random. I'm just wondering now, because Ahsoka trained Ezra and Kanan trained Ezra, that Ezra's like the grandbaby of a disaster lineage and a really straightforward one. No, honestly, I think Grogu knew what was up. And he's like, I know what <laughs> happens no, to the Jedi no. in this line. I am not becoming one of them. I'm not part of this narrative. It's like, yeah. I am good. I am good. I- also, that's also probably why Ahsoka didn't want to train Rogu. She's either. like, I'm not perpetuating this. Luke's like, I will. And everyone's like, she's no, like, no. wait, wait. She's doing the math. She's like, wait, he's part of it too. Oh man, this disaster lineage goes right all the way down to like Ben Solo on one side. It's mm-hmm. just a whole mess. It's just, there's no luck. Even if it splinters at Obi-Wan and like Anakin on one side, Luke on the other, it's still a disaster. <laughs> what a mess. And also it was really interesting that this is Tales of the Jedi. They focus on the two characters who don't consider themselves Jedi. I didn't think about it that way. I didn't think about it that way. That's very funny. These are Tales of the Jedi. Even though, again, I could do a whole podcast episode where I think Ahsoka is the ideal Jedi next to Kanan. What they wish Jedi could be. And how Obi-Wan becomes that too, but it's not until the order's over. Obi-Wan is a perfect baby boy who has never done a damn thing wrong in his life. He was just cursed with this. <laughs> he was just real unlucky. But he is precious baby boy. I'm sorry to say. He tried so hard. He, tr- he, does his he couldn't fight that. You can't ancestral curses. <laughs> That's also why Yoda was like, I can't train this boy. He's like, 
<laughs> no, he's like, this is my fault. <laughs> the galaxy galaxy is effed up because of me. <laughs> he's like, yeah. But overall, like animation was beautiful. I know people, some people over Clone Wars, but I'm not. I'll take I it. am a little bit. No, see, I can't be. I'm ready for a different era. I'm ready for more of those 15 years between Run to the Sith and. I am Hope. very over that era. No, that's a lie. I'm like, you're loving Andor, so shut up, Arzu. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not what I meant. I meant the Pope, the like original trilogy era. I'm over that era. Yeah, no, I'll take, I'll take the in between. I also want in between six and seven, closer to seven than six. Yeah, but yeah, we might be getting that. We'll see. Candace, where can everybody find you online? The best place to find my geeky stuff is on Twitter at Candace. As for me, I'm on Twitter at Arzu Amin. This show is on Twitter at Space Waffles Pod. As a network, we are on Twitter at Geeky underscore Waffle. We are the Geeky Waffle on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And we are at thegeekywaffle.com. That's where all of our reviews are, all of our other shows on the network, all of that fun stuff. And we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash thegeekywaffle. And that's where you can get things like Waffles After Dark. So thank you all so much for listening. This lineage is an absolute disaster. And may the waffles be with you.